His eyes are cold and restless, and his wounds have almost healed. And she'd give half of Bowden just to change the way he feels. Cause he knows his love's an Airdrie, and she knows he's gonna go. But it ain't no woman, flesh and blood. It's that COVID rodeo. Well, it's bulls and blood, it's dust and mud, it's the roar of a Sunday crowd. It's the wide in his knuckles, the gold in his buckles, he'll win the next go round. It's boots and chaps, it's cowboy hats, it's spurs and let it go. It's the ropes and the reins and the joy and the pain and they call COVID rodeo. Jeffrey, episode 25, how you doing, buddy? I am, I, I'm alive and well in yourself. I'm alive and well as well. That was, um, you must have stolen that song from something, right? Are you? Yeah. That's Garth Brooks, man. I don't know Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, those Canadian Lads podcast episode 25, Jeff does not know Rodeo by Garth Brooks. No, actually, it is funny. I have, I've seen him perform live twice. That's more because of my wife and her family. But no, I don't know that song. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it ties in perfectly to this week's episode of Those Canadian Lads Podcast. It's episode 25, like I did mention, but lots of things happening, obviously, in the province of Alberta, the great province of Alberta. A few things that have just happened. There was a rodeo over the weekend held by a bunch of uh, separatist loons. I'm not afraid to see it. Our buddy Keenan Bexty was there, aligned with the crew. uh, uh, looking to uh, uh, to goat the police into responding to the uh, over 2,000 people attending uh, the rodeo. Uh, there's new restrictions in place. Uh, Tom Wilson nearly killed Artemi Pernarin in the National Hockey League the other night. We're going to talk about that. Uh, some UFO updates and uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, Jeff, uh, let's get started. Uh, what was your take on the rodeo over the weekend with our, our friends down in Bowdoin, Alberta? Um, I don't really have a strong take on it. I will say that this is probably just thumbing your nose at the government to a certain extent and inviting conflict. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, Saskatchewan correspondent Bo would probably, this probably goes into that whole thing I was talking about in regards to if you attend a rally, I think you should dedicate your time to something else. So this was a rally. I don't care what anybody says. This was a rally and it was organized by people like Derek Fildebrandt. I think he's uh, an MLA type out of of Brooks. Um, I think he's an independent now because either he was kicked out of the UCP or uh, he left, but uh, he's a, he's a joke. I don't care what, what I say. The guy's a joke. (laughs) Um, One of these separatist loons in Alberta who, um, think they know what's going on and they have the heartbeat and they gathered uh, over 2,000 people to spit in the face of the restrictions uh, and what's going on in Alberta. Alberta. Um, as you can tell, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy that we're in the situation we're in. Um, COVID being what it is, we're still in it and we're still going through it and we're still having to uh, adapt to changes on a weekly basis. So um, for that, for those people that do it, they, they basically spat in the face of their neighbors. Um, and uh, I'm not happy about it. Yeah, I can tell by your tone. You got a very serious under undertone about this. I can um, sing some more Garth Brooks for you if you yeah, want. You'll have to. Yeah, that, that yeah. was very, I like that anyways. It's very soothing. <laughs> Felt yes. good. Like I was there at the rodeo. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, obviously, if you're if you're going to, uh, you know, get that event off the ground, you are targeting a response from, you know, the general public or media or the government itself. And uh, I will say that um, I'm probably not one to believe that the government is being vindictive because of events like this taking place. But the timing, uh, I would say the timing is kind of weird compared to what the message seemed to be a week ago and even 10 days ago 14 days ago all of a sudden now it's just like fine you guys wanted to mess around well we're not going to mess around anymore we're going to lock it down but i will say that rodeo didn't cause the numbers to spike to 2000 cases every day for what seems like no. the last, the last no. two weeks so that's the thing that, that's a whole nother story that's the selfish selfishness of people who aren't following the restrictions currently in place. And that's, and at the end of the day, you know, we talk about supporting small businesses and things like that. This is hurting 
people in small businesses. You oh, know, absolutely. Yeah. When you're not following the rules and you're just thinking of yourself and your own well-being, you're you're not supporting small business right now. We're not out of this yet. It's 14 months, 15 months we're into this. Yes, those people are freedom-loving Albertans. Um, I'm a free, freedom-loving Albertan as well, but at the end of the day, um, it, that's a rally. Um, they weren't, they weren't, they, they're not the typical person. They're not regular Joe off the street. They're the people that went to that rally were basically just sticking their finger up in the air and, and being dickheads. And that's not the way to do it. And that's not the way to, um, to protest this. And, uh, I don't agree. So, yeah, as I made my thoughts on rallies very clear throughout the course of these podcasts, but yeah, I, I just think you're you're not getting your message across in the most productive way you want to. Um, you're going to lose the general public for the most part, just going like, yeah, I'm not down with this. I'm not down with you giving your message like this. But I, I will say, like, obviously, we've gone into a new round of restrictions in Alberta. And, you know, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm disappointed, obviously. Um, we're heading into, you know, some good weather. Uh, summer's, you know, kind of upon us. It's still early at May 5th, but... Uh, obviously, the patios are now going to close on Thursday evening. Um, I had a haircut booked in two weeks. That's obviously canceled. I guess the the one thing that I, knowing that the new restrictions were coming in, I went and looked at the COVID numbers. And obviously, they, they're not great. The amount of new cases every day, the amount of people in the hospitals, the ICU beds are being eaten up. And, you know, I, we don't ever want to have a time in history where outside of war, where you need to do a triage, triage hospital at the Butter Dome to accommodate how many people need health uh, health care at that exact moment. So it, it, we are kind of heading into a bad time. It's disappointing. I, I think the, the only thing I'm a little bit annoyed with is it's impossible to find data in regards to where these cases are are you know being spread. Um, you know, or if you remember, because they can't trace it. They can't. They, there's. It's impossible for them to track it down now because it's spread so much, right? Well, like, I do. They, I, well, I don't know. Like, I've having been to the restaurants and the patios. I've given up my name and number everywhere I've gone, and I think you would know that I'm not big on that. I don't like giving up my name and number. I'm pretty secretive of where what I do. It's probably a mental issue more than anything. But I've I've given my traceable information out, and that leads me to believe that it's probably not at the patios. It's probably, it's people gathering in people's homes and they're doing large gatherings. I, I refuse, I, that's my theory on it. And I, I was obviously I have no proof because I can't find any proof. So. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I think the way the restaurants had set themselves up, um, it was actually quite safe. You were only limited to the person you were with and, uh, the waiter, right. In sense of, of transmission. Right. So, um, I think it wasn't a, a terrible um, setup, but that being said, back to the rodeo, sure. um, just a terrible way of protesting again, a right wing political platform, heavy right wing uh, group. Um, this Derek Fildebrandt, the Western, uh, what is it? The Western Standard. Um, I don't even know what the damn name is called. I'm not going to. Yeah, the well, the Western Standard is a public right wing pu- publication, right? It's uh, a group of just jokesters out there trying to uh rustle things up and and you know um cause a little bit of disruption out there and hey guess what they made national news um they they made alberta look uh look real shitty that's the other thing you're not making our province look like uh, the progressive place that it should be you know i think um really disappointed so um uh, on the rodeo front um <laughs> We want real rodeos, not some fucking farm rodeo that some guy decided to put on with some right wing nut jobs. Oh, there you go. Uh, I said I, I have no argument. Against, uh, I have no, no argument against your stance. As I said I think people are, you know, as I said, uh, I'm fine with people doing things. It may bend the rules. I, I a large gathering like this or a rally. Now I will say though too, there was a march and a rally in downtown Edmonton today for the Red Dress Day. Um, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with the cause. Well, I'm not disagreeing with the cause, but once again, it's kind of like, well, are we? Are, is the is local enforcement supposed to stop all these things from happening? Well, and I've I, and we're having these conversations in our household too, right? So 
I'm not defending the rodeo, but I'm also not defending the the gatherings right now, the the mass gatherings, right? So um, Rachel Notley came out and obviously condemned getting together of these people. Um, and then she celebrated getting together with 15,000 uh, Black Lives Matter protesters in, in the summer. So in my opinion, neither was right um, getting together. Um, but that being said, you know, is it a, is the message... It, the important thing or is getting together in this time, the more important thing? Uh, I guess it's a question maybe for you. What, what's your thoughts on that is, is it okay to gather and protest something during a pandemic or does the cause matter? Well, the cause matters. Um, but as I said, once again, I'll go back to my original point. If you're, I think if you're gathering and you're protesting and rallying, I, th- I said, I think you can go about it better ways. Now, I think that's almost, it's almost popular to now get together and protest and rally. Um, I think there's better ways of getting your message out there. Um, I, I think giving interviews, uh, their local media loves to thrive on interviewing people who are part of these causes. I think doing uh, grassroots fundraising in regards to, uh, events that aid the community as opposed to marching through a, com- a community. I think, I think there's just better ways to draw more positive attention to your cause. And don't get me wrong, um, there, there was times in history where people needed to make their voices heard. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is one of those times that people need to draw lots of attention to their cause, uh, just like in the 70s or, you know, when a guy stood up against a tank in China. It's sometimes you need a big grand gesture to draw the attention that's needed for your cause. But I, as I said, I just, I think there's more positive ways to go about it. And probably during the time of a pandemic, not optimizing the best time to get together with a bunch of people. All right. All right. I just go back to this though. This, this rodeo was partly put on by these Western standard buttheads with Keenan Bexty, like, just a joke like not even like what an what a bunch of assholes anyways moving on (laughs) i like it (laughs) yeah moving on okay so speaking of assholes um (laughs) we're we have new restrictions in place in the province of alberta and again uh uh bradley of those canadian lads is is not very happy obviously uh uh, the kindergarten to grade six uh, have joined the grade seven to twelves in online learning for the next two weeks. And you can't tell me that in two weeks time, these kids are going to be rolling back into their classrooms. There's there's no way um, the cases hit over twenty two hundred today. Um, so and I'm sure we're still leading uh, the North American average per capita in, in cases in Alberta. So um yeah, so some pretty shitty things. Restaurants had to adjust and 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 chant change their business model and and build outdoor patios. And guess what, Jeff? They're shut down. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> so that's gotta suck. <laughs> well, that's just it. Like it's you know, even for chain restaurants, you're still putting time and effort into trying to accommodate what the government's asking you to do. And uh, like, hey, listen, uh, just because you take steps to do the right thing doesn't mean it's going to work out forever. But yeah, obviously, this is a disappointment. Like now I don't I'm not going to be overrun by children in my household like you will be. Oh, and I am right now. Yeah. And a you lot of Nintendo time in our house. <laughs> what else is to do with it? Right. Yeah. But yeah, I think I don't know. I after when the announcement was coming down, I, the one thing I kept thinking was, was this inevitable? Because of the the rising case numbers, was it always just going to get to this at some point? And unfortunately, are we just ahead of the curve before it happens in other locations in Canada? Now, that would make it sound like I'm saying, oh, it's not Alberta's fault. It is Alberta's fault. It is, it's the government response. It's the general idea of the populace thumbing their nose at restrictions and doing whatever they want. But do you, I don't know. Do you think... Like so, Kenny pointed out that the restrictions that we have in place are very similar to what's on in BC and in Saskatchewan. Do you think it is a behavioral situation with Albertans? Do you think there's almost like a I don't know if it's an arrogance attitude. or an attitude that we we don't have to follow the rules? You know, I it's funny you brought bring that up because I was 
when I was watching the news uh, this evening while making dinner, or no, sorry, not making dinner while watching uh, my lovely wife make dinner, oh. <laughs> and, I was, and, I was, and I was pontificating, but because um, obviously you look at the numbers in Fort McMurray, and between the three major oil sand sites, I think it adds up to a thousand cases. CNRL Horizon being hit the hardest at four hundred thirty-two, four thirty-five, whatever it is, and then you have, um, as I said, r- raising cut case numbers across the board, and. You know, I, I I know it's not been popular that Kenny has said, well, we're going to put a certain amount of restrictions in place and then we're asking you for personal responsibility. And those restrictions in place theoretically should have kept things kind of sane. I'm not saying it would have quelled the issue completely, but clearly as a populace, we have just gone, fuck it, I'm doing whatever I want. Uh, a prime example of that, I went for a drive with the kids on Saturday and uh, we went to, I'm just going to say the company's names. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> Coolman's Greenhouse. Um, we drove by there. <laughs> packed. Fucking packed, buddy. Packed. Like, couldn't even see, like, a, a, a parking stall available. And that's probably people in their late 30s to early 70s, you know, going out and getting their gardening needs for the uh, spring. Packed. Went over to a golf course in the region. One that I love, so I won't name their name. Um, uh, but you couldn't see a parking stall in, in the in the bloody parking lot, and it's a massive golf course. Yeah, but golf courses are probably safe. Like I, I do believe outside, you're safe. I'm just saying. Yeah. Pe- what I'm trying to get at the point across is that people are out and about. Right. Um, large patio downtown Edmonton Jasper Ave, um, packed. Mm. Like and with people, obviously not from the same household, right? So, well. And that goes to the personal responsibility thing that annoys me. Um, I said, I've gone out for dinner with my lovely wife. We sat on the patio just to soak up some sun and enjoy some fresh air and not have to cook a, a meal, which is nice. But I got together with a friend on Monday and we sat outside at his place and enjoyed a beer outside while keeping enough distance between the two of us. But one of the reasons we didn't go to a bar is because I was like, it's not right for you and I, because we don't live together to go to a bar. And he was in full agreement. And we're both kind of like, no, we're, we're not going to put one, a server in a weird position where she has to, Hey, can I see your licenses? I know I'm a 21 year old, but I have to police you, you damn near 40 year old men because you can't take a hit for two weeks. So it's like, yeah, we made the made the responsible decision of just sitting outside at his residence as opposed to, inconveniencing other people you know that's breaking the rules too right sitting outside at somebody else's house yeah we were i didn't go in his house it's same as sitting in a park are you sure yeah i'm 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 100 certain of that actually we're gonna have to figure that out no, i don't you- care i'm not i don't care no just, no but no but legit yeah. you're allowed to you're allowed to gather outside in groups of five and keep oh, distance. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that's, it was ten. It was ten. Now it's five. But that's yeah. what we did. We got we got together outside. It was a group of two of us. But no, we we were respecting the rules. I just it just happened to be on his pat, patio. So I'm just trying to go with you. I'm sorry. No, I know the rules. I also know how to break the rules. So I speed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh I, man, you know this is just this is depressing garbage we got three weeks of this so unfortunately paul listeners you're gonna probably get another two episodes of us complaining about oh this, yeah so. Get, catch me in week two of uh restricted lockdowns with kids doing online learning and if i'm in the office and my poor wife has to tackle some of this by herself uh uh we're gonna have to figure things out because the last couple days have not gone well so um one there was no <laughs> online school and two like I said, lots of uh, lots of Mario Maker, lots of uh, lots of uh, actually old school Mario Kart is good. Oh, I can play that game. actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they lost the new Mario Kart. Eighty dollar game flushed out oh, probably. Uh, so, yeah, great. Good times. Good joy of children. Now, yeah. I, I think I think we should end the podcast on a very light note. So let's put aside the sport. Are we ending the podcast? No, 20 no, minutes no. In? no, no. I'm just <laughs> I'm just rolling us into the another topic but i think i think we should segue we should leave the sports lightness for down the road but uh the ufo news so so obviously uh new information is uh, well okay new information according to you 
is coming forward on a daily basis and you're getting excited about things. Now I see you shaking your head now. No, you're, I, you're just, I, like, you're talking bureaucratical bullshit. This is actual like legit. Like, okay. Well, I would, so yeah. for those who haven't seen what's going on, so the IG, sorry, help me out with what's the IG again, the investigator general. Okay, so, so the inspect, the inspector, the inspector general. general of the department of defense. Yes. So basically it's like I, the watchdog for the Department of the Defense to ensure that it's doing things properly and it's not over. Basically, what happened here is the Department of Defense Inspector General has jumped in in regards to the UAP uh, report coming out in um, June. And insiders are saying that this was triggered by a, the congressional uh, department. Um, not being satisfied with the movement and what's happening with this uh, this report that's going to be released. So basically, insiders are saying um, things are either being muted, and, and they expected this. There's a lot of pundits saying that, um, if you think about it, this is something that's been under wraps for the last 70 years. Um, there's a probably a faction of the government that uh, has control of this and doesn't want it being opened up. So there's a, probably a, an internal fight going on be, between bureaucrats and, and internal departments trying not to give up what they they have in regards to the phenomenon. And then um, there's a there's a leak situation happening, right? Though be it government, you know, push like you, Sanctioned, sanctioned. Like, like you're saying, you know, saying, oh, well, there's funding that needs to be had and we need more funding put into different areas. So maybe that's what's going on because of these leaks. So maybe there's a there's a benefit to the, the leaks of this information. But what I what I see here is uh, an independent department coming in and an independent investigator coming in and saying, no, 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 we need to see what's going on here. Because if you think about it, um, there's a huge watch on waste in the government as well right so uh in my opinion this is a this is a pretty interesting step uh in regards to the uap report um and this is all too linked as well with the the lying of what's going on um lou elizondo i, I don't know if i touched on it last week he was the um leader of the atip um, government funded group <laughs> did you um, touch on lou elizondo last week you 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 reintroduce Lou Elizondo every other episode. <laughs> There's 12 introductions well, for Lou Elizondo. <laughs> Lou Elizondo is the catalyst to all this. He's the he's the so catalyst. I I just want to I just want to pause you for a second before you go into what Lou went into because I I got some thoughts on what uh, one of the interviews Lou did last week as well. But so from the memo, the object of this evaluation is to determine the extent in which the DoD has taken actions regarding United unidentified aerial phenomenon. So. Here's the here's my two trains of thoughts on that. Yes, actions could be regarding suppression of information. That is a legit possibility. It could also be, hey, during these reports that we've seen leaked out by government resources, uh, we see that you guys have identified UFOs. You guys don't know what the flying objects are. What did you do next? And if the simple answer is we didn't do anything because we didn't know what they were, that's the end of the investigation. I so, think it's deeper than that. Yes, because if they didn't do anything next, they're going to ask, "Well, why not?" Because we because, didn't know what it was. Yeah, but so we didn't, didn't know what it was, and it was flying in U.S. military airspace, and uh, you didn't do anything. Why didn't you do anything? Do you know what it is? Well, that those are the questions that I guess will have to be dug up. Now, I guess the. Because your excitement for this is way more palpable than mine. And this probably goes to the idea that I believe the government's inept. So another government agency, a government agency that predominantly um, uh, investigates uh, bad spending habits of the military, and apparently a lot of uh, false claims against the healthcare system in the United States. I don't know why there was so much of that on their website, but... but <laughs> But it is a government entity investigating a government entity. Um, and at that same time, the, one government entity looking into another government entity is something. What they, un, what they find and report to the public, that's what's the meat of this. Now, if they don't find anything 
or the investigation only kind of focuses on certain aspects of it, then this is this is nothing more than a footnote in regards to what may or may not have happened in the first half of 2021. I honestly think this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just honestly, the, this report is just the, the tip of what is going to be exposed. Um, this is going to be a, you're talking about this the whole thing. June? Yeah. The June, everything like this is just the start of something like this is like the beginning of something that's going to, probably change our view on a lot of different things right and maybe we'll never know what the fun phenomenon is but uh it's something and every other day now something's being leaked um and it's speeding up there's things just starting to happen in regards to leaks and reports and just new news in regards to the topic so um in my opinion they're slow playing it and slow releasing it out and it could be exactly what you said of funding you know getting a getting a false flag for funding right getting somebody yeah, out maybe. there to say hey we, we need more funding for the government we need a we need a uh an enemy and the enemy is um the uh reptilians or the the grays so well i I've, as i said that's my theory so i'm going to stick with it obviously being right but um i as i said i just maybe it is moving too slow for me or i'm disregarding anything until june um as i said press releases that somebody else is going to say something and let's face it we're, we're talking about the same four or five people including senator harry reed uh just saying things like oh uh lou elizondo did this jolly good it's just like i'm like that's not news <laughs> No, it uh, is news, though, no, because the government has come out and said, no, he had nothing to do with it. And L Senator Harry Reid, when, in you, when you're a senator in the U.S. government, you hold a lot of stroke. Like he was a, a pretty senior senator in, in, in the government. Not you Delaware. To, Not no, he, Delaware. Was a, he was from Nevada. No, I mean, but if you're a senator from Delaware, you don't hold anything. <laughs> Isn't that where friggin' uh, what's his name's from? Barry? Who? The old guy with the jacket. Oh, the guy who lost? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. People from Delaware lose. <laughs> I can't even remember his name. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm trying to blank on it, too. I want to say Barry Manilow. <laughs> Barry Melrose? <laughs> Feel the burn. burn. I don't know. But anyways. No, I just... I don't know. I'm... I, I As I said, like, I'm waiting for June. I, I think that information will come forward. I, I think... I think well, one of the issues too is that, and I know you're getting all hot to trot because it's it's making NBC, ABC, CBS, what have you. It's making the normal mainstream news to a certain extent. This is boring to me because I've already seen it. I've been seeing it for years. I'm new to this thing, man. You've been watching ghost stories and <laughs> fucking UFO stories for years. Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, I, I literally just got into this like in November of last year. Well, who's wasted their life now? Well, obviously <laughs> I have. You know. Yeah, I every, think my wife would disagree with me on that statement. <laughs> every time I walk to take the garbage outside, I'm looking in the sky going, oh, I'm going to see one oh. tonight. I think actually that's one of the good, the good things from this is people are actually going to enjoy. I think there's way more people enjoying going outside and watching the night sky um, because of the fascination with this or probably well, just, trying to make, just trying to make sure that Chinese rocket doesn't land on anyone that's coming down. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When I saw that news story, I'm like, is it coming down in the U S is it coming down in Canada? Have they aimed it at us? Is it, is it an act of war? It's gonna. It's not gonna fly over Canada. I know that, but it is gonna fly over the U.S. and a lot of other places. I could you imagine like you leave work and that fucking thing lands on your house and like you're oh my family. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're alive. <laughs> I hope they're alive. Anyways, uh, you you were bringing up Lou Elizondo again. What what uh, what were you focusing on that? Well, I was just reiterating that the the government lies. The government oh, will, absolutely. Will, yeah, yeah. will lie and they'll they've been covering up this topic for 70 years. You know, um, Christopher Mellon, who is a part he's with uh, Lou in kind of that little group that's gotten together. They've stepped away from Tom DeLonge's uh, craziness and they've kind of gone on their own um, in regards to, you know, I think that was more of a funding situation um, as mm -hmm. they stepped outside their government uh um, comfy government uh, pension jobs, but uh, that being said, uh, good for them. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this topic and Lou Elizondo 
um, is all tied to just the bigger story of cover up, right? And um, not wanting to share what they know. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Christopher Mellon. Uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. I uh, caught a little bit of uh, today and he basically said, you know, and it's the whole thing. Well, I heard from a guy and I, you know, somebody in the know that, uh, you know, the, the stuff around Roswell and re- recovered crafts, um, that's more of the stuff that's being leaked is that, you know, there's, there's, there's potential materials not from this world. And, and I, I think I've stated before that uh, that's very exciting for me because that is definitely something that it given in the right hands that can be proven if it was potentially manufactured on earth. Well, it's Dr. Jacques Vallée. I think we've talked a little bit about him on this right. podcast. Um, he was actually uh, the character from uh, uh, Steven Spielberg's um, movie. You know, the one about the UFOs. Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah, third Kind. Third, third Kind, sorry. Fifth, kind. Yeah, uh, <laughs> fifth Element. Yeah, Fifth Element. Um, <laughs> what was the fucking guy from the Fifth Element? Bruce Willis? <laughs> No, the, the, the guy with the white voice. <laughs> oh, no. anyway. oh, Chris Tucker. Yeah, Chris, Chris Tucker. Tucker. Ah, Chris Tucker, man. Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, where we're we going? To? Oh, so Doctor, we went from Doctor Jacques Vallée to Chris Tucker, but uh, we digress. But uh, apparently, he had a book be, about to be released. Um, he's been investigating and he uh, was in that movie, The Phenomenon, and they've been testing materials and they've been trying to take a very scientific approach um, and, and and doing it the right way. Well, his book just got pulled from being released and published. Oh. Uh, so from, uh, by the publisher or what's the story? There's no, no story. story. It was written. It was on Amazon for sale. Um, and mm. all of a sudden it was just pulled. Right. So, uh, very interesting kind of, you know, takeaway from that because obviously he's pretty respected in his field. Um, he's trying to, you know, take a scientific approach. And, uh, if he did have materials and it was being to be released, um, there could be something to that too. Right. So oh, that's um, very interesting. Yeah, no, I thought that was like a really kind of interesting take. So, um, there's a lot of people who do a lot of like, we're just reporting on other people's work, but like, there's oh. a lot of people who put a lot of fucking time into this shit. <laughs> and, uh, I don't have time for that. I like reading about it and, uh, understanding a, a little bit more about it, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, enough of the UFO notes oh, because no, our, our, no, no we, you got more. You got no, more? Yeah, I, no, I just wanted your question. I just wanted to ask you a quick uh, question. Cause I saw Lou doing a, uh, a, a interview. Lou Elizondo. Yeah, Lou Elizondo. Did you know he has an NDA? <laughs> I've heard that from, yeah. from someone I know. Um, did you uh, catch where he was talking about how he was actively discouraged uh, from going after UFOs by certain American government representatives because they're everyone... Demon- demonic. They're demonic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I do, there's, I had two trains of thoughts immediately about that. And I was like, one, uh, like, I just... I don't know. I kind of have a hard time believing I like as because of my own religious beliefs, maybe I'm like, there's no way you could think that that's demonic, but I'm not over the top either. Jeff, there's people that are fucking religious. Like they're they're They bought into it. They're in it to win it. Oh yeah. They're, obviously they're in it and good for them. Like I'm not casting and maybe there's, there's something there and they believe it and they love it and good for them. But there's people who have that mindset that it like, this is a demonic type, you know, thing. Well, how could you go your day-to-day life thinking that things flying around the sky are demonic? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, how fearful do you need to be? Because if they believe in it, one day Jesus is going to return. If that's the story, I don't know. What, I don't know the Bible. So I don't think you know. the Bible's got a lot of UFO stuff in it. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. I haven't the, read, I haven't read it myself. What, the rapture. Is that a thing? Like, I don't know. Well, it's a thing in the Bible. I don't know if it's a real thing. Yeah, but if you believe the book, the good yeah. book, yeah, fair enough. You believe, but I, but I still don't think it's UFO related. We're re, we're re, re, reviewing Anyways. the Bible without ever reading it, Jeff. That's right. Actually, I had a I had a joke about um, uh, <laughs> what do you call a government invest a government entity that investigates something but doesn't turn up anything? Two idiots who do a book review who don't read books. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's us. Yeah, exactly. That's us. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I, you- speaking of though, I did try reading the Bible once. I was in a hotel room on a road trip once and it had the Bible in there. I'm like, eh, I don't I'm not going to read. I'm not going to watch TV. What's this? I'm going to read this book. And I'm like, five, you know, five minutes in, I'm like, I can't read this. This is like, yeah, too much. Too much. Yeah. You know, I, it's, this is probably not good podcast etiquette, but I'm going to give a plug to a podcast I listened to called our strange history. And it's a historian from Toronto. Oh, sorry. History. He's a history teacher from Toronto who does a podcast about what parts of history we can actually dig up and prove. And some of the stuff from the biblical era, it's amazing what literature there is and what things he digs up in regards to, hey, this lore is actually, it's recorded and it's pretty wild. So if anyone's interested in that type of old history, our fake history. <laughs> so, I'm going to have to check that out. I like it. It's a great podcast. Yeah. Switching gears once more. NHL history. NHL. History. NH- NHL. So... I don't know where you want to jump first. You want to go with Tom Wilson? You want to go here, with l- Let me let me just read something here. It's a it's a statement from the New York Rangers. The <laughs> The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson, a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety, George Peros, and believe he is unfit to continue in on his current role, signed New York Rangers. I like that it's signed by the New York Rangers. Shouldn't it well, be I, I, I just added that part. So. Oh, but shouldn't it be yeah. su- no? But like literally in the statement, it doesn't say it's from the GM, president, or James Dolan. Well, there's news breaking just tonight. So this is Wednesday, uh, the fifth of May. Um, may the fourth be with you. Was yesterday, um, but it's the fifth of May today. And uh, breaking in the afternoon today was a uh, uh, Jeff Gorton and John Davidson, president and GM, were uh, released from their duties of the New York Rangers. Um, this statement apparently came from uh, the ownership. So James uh, Dolan. From James Dolan. So it came from the ownership. And uh, it sounds like the two, Davidson and Gorton, were scurrying behind the scenes trying to protect their asses a little bit. And... Uh, Apparently, Dolan stood up for his players, and it was actually, if you think about the actions of tonight during the game, uh, a line brawl to start the game, um, multiple fights continuing on through the first period. I still don't know how the game ended up, uh, but uh, it was a brouhaha, Jeff, and it all started and stems from uh, the good uh, gentleman, uh, Mr. Uh, Wilson. So before I ju- jump into what Tom Wilson did, I do appreciate one, the line brawl. I still like hockey like that. So I find that entertaining. I think it was Brendan Smith who right after that line brawl jumped Tom Wilson on as soon as Tom Wilson at the ice and good for him because uh, he didn't fare as well as I think he had hoped he would against Tom Wilson. But Tom Wilson is a large gentleman who probably can handle himself as we saw during the incident. But I obviously, if you go back a day, a game and you see what Tom Wilson did, uh, I, now you'll have to forgive me. I forget the name of the player whose head he effectively DDT'd in front of the crease there. Um, <laughs> he went Jake the snake on him. Oh, that, that, okay. That part of everything that went down, that was, that was bad. And the rabbit punch to the back of the head while the guy He's was a dead. piece of shit, man. Yeah, that was, that was bad. Everything else he did after that, I'm completely fine with though. He fucking nearly killed our Artemi Artemi Panarin. I I'm hey listen, this might not be a popular opinion, but hey, it's our podcast. I can say what I want. Panarin shouldn't if you're gonna jump Tom Wilson, you better pull him fucking down before he pulls you down. That was he a He nearly pulled him down through the ice. Yeah, that's what he gets for jumping on Tom Wilson. You if you want to stop Tom Wilson from attacking your teammates, you better be a guy who can handle yourself. And Panarin is not that guy. That, that was a bad move on Panarin's side. I'm not saying he should, Tom Wilson should kill him, but 
But you jump on a bear? And I know I'm comparing Tom Wilson to a bear. Tom Wilson should know better than trying to He's kill someone. He's a fucking someone. human being, Jeff. He's a human He's being. An animal. But... Hey, I, you know, you jump on Tom Wilson. He's at the moment, he thinks he's in three different fights at the same time. Panarin, I'm sorry, man. You shouldn't have done that unless you think you can handle yourself. So he, he, he nearly smears, uh, Panarin, the bread man, uh, his face all over the ice. Uh, do you think Tom Wilson should have been suspended back to the statement that Rangers are coming out and said, Hey, George Peros, you need to be relieved of your duties. You didn't, you're not protecting the players. Um, the the rabid punches to the head, allowing Wilson back into the game, you know, two nights later um, to see what happened. You know, yeah, we all like a line brawl. If you're from a certain generation, like we are, um, we grew up on this rock'em sock'em hockey, Don Cherry missed mm-hmm. grapes, by the way. I know he's uh, a little outdated, but I do miss his voice out there in the, the hockey landscape. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts? I do legitimately think he probably should have suspended for the initial driving of that guy's head into the into the ice. Now that's a suspension, and as far as I'm concerned, because there was intent to harm. Yeah, it was so, a bit of a chicken shit play on his side. Yeah, yeah that that yeah. that that's worth. And as a repeat offender, um, I don't know what he would have earned at that point. If I'm sure it probably would have been over the five games. Um, I, I don't know if the refs had dropped the ball by only calling it a roughing, uh, roughing call, but I, fuck, the Department of Player Safety should be able to step in and correct whatever they feel the need to correct. But yeah, for the initial hit, uh, he's worthy of suspension on that. The roughing this season, like... Oh, it's so inconsistent. It's inconsistent. It's a fucking joke. It's it's terrible. Um, you know, and I, I think it adds up to these refs having to essentially, you know ref in the the same division they're like working and they're just cycling through teams and they're human beings they're getting chirped at they're chirping back you know there's there's probably a little bit of a give and take it was a i forget the ref's name who got caught on tape basically saying yeah i'm gonna give tim Nashville peel. Tim, peel. tim peel good old tim peel couldn't make it to retirement had to go out with a smear on his on his <laughs> in his shorts yeah. uh, anyways um but yeah no it uh it sucked so switching gears to another large gentleman on the ice, Milan Lucic has waived his no movement clause. Oh, Milan, Milan, bastard, do I? I don't know what to read of that necessarily, other than I, I can't believe he's just helping the team out. I think he wants to get the hell out of Calgary, and I think a lot of players probably want to get out of Calgary. That's a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I think situation saying I'll help you if you help me. They know they, they you can't trade that contract, so no. So basically, so yeah, oh yeah, I'll go to Seattle. He's in the states. He's from BC. He'll be close to home. Yeah, you know, I'm sure that's a an ideal landing spot for him to ride out the remainder couple of years of his career on the third or fourth line, whatever they'll they'll play him. But uh, that slew foot he had on dry side last <laughs> oh, week, yeah. he, he can go fuck himself. You know. <laughs> Yeah, that was a cheap shot. I would loudly yell that at him from Roger's place, from behind the glass. Well, you don't have to worry about that because you're not going to get in there. (laughs) I'll never get my chance. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Milan, go bleep yourself. (laughs) Sam Bennett looks like he's a man reborn in Florida. eh? Yeah, actually, it would be nice to have kind of a retrospective with uh, Kyle from uh, Flames Nation there to see exactly what went down with the uh, the Flames this year, uh, the big pile of turd shit that there was the Calgary, Calgary Flames because, uh, oh, by the way, I've trained my daughter to say Calgary sucks. It's, nice. it's quite fantastic. Um, she hates Calgary. She also uh, thinks that Americans are a hockey team. And she's like, I hate Americans. And we're like, no, 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 you don't hate Americans. You, you hate hockey teams. You don't hate other countries or other people. It, so ma- it makes sense. That one, that one slapped me in the face. A little bit, so. <laughs> it makes sense, though, the logical, the logical jump for a child. There's two teams in Canada effectively named the Canadians between the Canucks and the Habs. So it's just like, why would there be a team called the Americans? Yeah, there once was the New York Americans. Yeah, there the, you go. The former National Hockey League, but uh, that's not what she was thinking. So, oh, obviously, had, she read the history books. She so, did, yeah. yeah and we yeah. had to educate her again. So she <laughs> so, failed. She failed that test. So the Oilers clinch a playoff spot for the second time in fourteen years. 
Oh man, I, I can't even. What wait. a good it, night! You know what though? Them clinching. It was it clinched clinchmas there the other day it was great. <laughs> Somebody termed the the word clinchmas. So I did not uh, hear that. Yeah, it was it was good times, but uh, yeah, man. No, it, from 2017 when they clinched against the uh, the Kings on that uh, that fateful night, um, it was emotional. Like it was like, so exciting. Clinching the, the other night was as much uh, gratifying as a fan. It was awesome. It was like it was it was fantastic. But this team is a lot different than that 2017 team. Mm-hmm. This team plays with swagger. This team is clicking. This team has the two best players in the world. This team has something going for them. It's something I'm not saying they're going on a run and going to win the cup, but they're a team that I think could make some noise with the way they're playing right now. And McDavid is just otherworldly and just unbelievable. Well, at the time of this recording, he's seven points from a hundred. I think that um, I I'd have a hard time believing that between himself and the other players on the team, there is, clearly a goal to get him to that hundred points. I, oh, dry settle said it last night. Like, yeah, they can, they can help him get there. He's, they're going to help him. So, yeah, no. And quite frankly, it's like, I think the only thing is like, I'm all for the team and McDavid chasing that goal. Cause you got some spare time. Um, obviously I'd prefer if dry McDavid nurse aren't playing 23 minutes. I think nurse played 27 minutes last night. I'm like, you don't need to play 27 minutes against the jets after clinching. <laughs> oh, the, just, yeah. The, yeah. the Canucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they should they should have. Oh, sorry, did I say Jets? Yeah, oh, you're getting geez. ahead of yourself. I get ahead of myself, but um, I obviously I think it'd be great if they start scaling those guys' time back to you know give them a little bit of rest and everything like that. We don't need them gassed out before they show up in the playoffs. And you know, it, uh, with how I don't know what it's going to end up being. Winnipeg looks like they're just falling apart, and the Habs, other than when they play the Oilers, I don't think are really aren't world beaters. So. It'd be it'd be great to get past that first round and then inevitably probably meet up with Toronto, which, as we know, has had the Oilers number the entire season. So uh, I'd like to I'd like to see them hitting their stride right before that. Yeah, I know. The one team that does scare me is Montreal. I don't know why they, you know, it's just they seem to have the Oilers number and the Oilers play well against pretty much everybody other than Toronto and Montreal. So um I don't know. We'll see what happens. I still think the Jets are are have a potential to come back here. Um, the 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 Habs aren't playing as well as they have been either. They're an older team as well, so and they're a little beat up. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll see who we play at the end of the day. Um, one more win against uh, Vancouver and we clinch second place. Um, they can clinch that second place mark and just start uh, resting everybody. Um, you know, getting a game here or there, but also playing reduced minutes. Um, eat bush bomb buddy last night too. Uh, Tyson Berry, the fans were out in full form with, you know, the coronation of, uh, Ethan, uh, or, no, what the hell's the guy's name? Evan Bouchard. Evan Bouchard. Yeah. I was going to say, did you, did you have like a internal struggle when he scored that goal? Knowing that people are going to be excited that he's got three goals in his like six or seven games this year. A little, a little bit. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's like, I, I like, I like what he brings. Evan, young Evan, you bring, you bring the juice, you bring the good stuff, but, uh, can't give up on Tyson right now. He's, uh, he's our guy and he's gonna, he helped us get here to this point and, uh, he's help. He's going to help us in the playoffs. Uh, I yeah. guarantee it. He's going to score. You know what? He scores one big goal in the playoffs. It's all worth it. All worth it. I would, uh, I would be, I think it would be a very much like a dodgeball moment where it's a bold strategy, Cotton, to pull uh, Tyson Perry out of a playoff game for Evan Bouchard. (laughs) We'll see if it pays off. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to give the kid a chance. Give him a chance, man. Yeah, I don't think there's any (laughs) risk of that happening. (laughs) I think Tippett likes to have a job. So, yeah, I think, and uh, you know what? I, in Tippett, I, I trust and Ken Holland. Having some, mm. you know, some seasoned vets in those types of roles has uh, has shown a lot for this team, and uh, it's just exciting now. Like we're just like on the the cusp of playoff time. You know that energy is going to be in the building. Um, you know, there's no fans, but you can't tell me there's going to be there won't be that little extra. You know those those heavier hits, that extra you know push into the the zone. Um, you know, these players have now, you know, been playing without fans now for, you know, the end of the playoffs last year and now the the full season this year. Um, they know what it takes to to amp it up and it's going to be 
playoff hockey as usual once we get there. Well, it would be it would be disappointing if the air came out of the balloon when you get. And I'm going to prefix this with I certainly don't think Mike Smith should win the Vesna, but there's talk about his Vesna like numbers. And uh, as much as I love Darnell Nurse, I don't think he should win the Norris, but he is having the best season of his career. And is he in a Norris conversation? I suppose Drysidel's going to. Well, if he's up for the Selkie, that would be pretty fucking wild considering that he went from like a minus three player to a plus whatever he is now, 26 or something. And McDavid's going to probably, he's going to get the Art Ross and he might very well get the Hart again. So you get a a year where four Oilers are in some sort of discussion in regards to the end of the year honors outside of potentially, you know, hoisting a cup. It would be a very disappointing year for the Oilers not to at least show some steam in the playoffs. But I absolutely just relish Relish, I look up the numbers every other day, just how much better Mike Smith and Cam Talbot were than Jacob Markstrom this year. And oh, I, will, I know, uh, right? love that. So I'm that was a that was a, a another you know miss that we good job, Kenny, for not getting him. Kenny Holland <laughs> for failing to give him enough for failing. money. <laughs> you know what? At the end of the day, fucking if Mike hurt, if Mike Smith doesn't get hurt at the beginning of the season, where does this team sit? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, it might they, have been they, in that first spot. Well, not only that, yeah, that's the thing. We started off really, really slow, right? So, and Koski had like 13 games in a row. Um, you know, good old Koski. He's also played good in that number two spot, yeah. right? In that number two hole, right? So, um, we're looking good. Well, <laughs> Bring on the playoffs. When when do they start? I'm so well, tired of regular season games. Well, Dougie Merrill, you can always look at numbers and look at uh, records and just pick a point, but obviously they started three and six and since then have been 29, 11 and two, which if my math is correct, it was about a seven, 10 winning percentage, but um, that's insane. Like you, that is, that is a turnaround. And obviously they just had to catch their stride or Koskinen had to get some confidence knowing that a, a competent backup was going to, or a competent, other goalie was going to join him in that crease and it is insane the turnaround that they had so you got to give full credit to the staff and all the players in regards to how this team looks this year is uh is aaron Rodgers a piece of garbage (laughs) you know what i so obviously uh last thursday uh the nfl draft is um i get excited for the nfl draft I, i have a team i get excited this year they drafted mr irrelevant so it's not like Usually as a Bucks fan, I'm like, oh, they're picking in the top 10 again. No, this is so good. Uh, not this year. <laughs> so I'm more than happy. The, the Glaziers picked uh, just a, a regular player. Uh, they picked a good. They actually, they had a good draft considering their pick, but they never pick last. This is un, unheard of. The um, family. But Your obvi- favorite family. My favorite family. Yeah. yeah. But the, obviously the news comes out hours before the NFL draft that Aaron Rodgers has had enough of the green Bay Packers and he wants to move on or he wants the GM fired, which is that's a boss move. I want the, that's the most important person on the franchise fired before I go. But you know, I don't know Aaron Rodgers. That might shock some of our listeners that Jeff in Edmonton doesn't know Aaron Rodgers, but you don't know him. No, I don't know him, but you get an individual who he's made it very clear. He was, he had a big chip on his shoulder from being drafted as late as he did for his hometown team, not taking him for every slight that he's had for the amount of times that he thinks other people have prevented him from winning another Super Bowl. This guy might be an egomaniac. And I think it was very calculated that he one watched love get drafted last year, who his is his heir apparent and then waits a whole year after winning the MVP, which I think drove him to win the MVP, to declare a draft day, I want out of this fucking franchise. He is vindictive. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think as talented as a player as he is, and quite frankly, Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, NBA players do this now, where they force themselves out of franchises. And very few athletes, especially like when you look at the NFL, NHL, no athlete can do it. I don't think they can force themselves out of it. Chris Pronger barely was able to force himself out of Edmonton. Aaron Rodgers in the NFL was probably We had to one burn the- his baby's furniture. Yeah, apparently. It wasn't us, literally. Somebody did, though. I don't know. I still think that's all rumor still. I think but, he came out and said that was true. 
oh, he said that's true. Oh, okay. <laughs> and well, the, he's the guy who's freaking got traded, man. And the I and the IG of the DOD is going to really find good information too. So, um, <laughs> no, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I lost my train of thought, but I, I think, um, I think Aaron Rodgers has the ability to force himself out of Green Bay, and. I would gear. I I don't know. I could see him wearing a Raiders jersey next year. I could see them rolling out the red carpet for him. So, and he's a great player. Your team is better with Aaron Rodgers. Easy. No, he's a good frigging quarterback, man. Like it's. Uh, I think you're right though about uh, the egomaniac, uh, and that's fine. It it takes uh, those type of players, I think, to win championships. Right? He's uh, he's an alpha. He wants to win, and uh, at the end of the day, you know. A guy like that, maybe he can call his own shot. You know, he, he essentially is the franchise. Yeah, well, they're not they're not set to go to the playoffs and challenge for a Super Bowl with another quarterback. So that's, you know, and you know, quite frankly, if you're Green Bay and this guy really wants to leave, you trade him. You can get some draft picks out of it. It's worth having. He's also 37. He's at the cusp of where NFL quarterbacks, not named Tom Brady, retire. So. Maybe that's what's driving him, though, is to get on a team to to compete old uh, Papa Tom and for the next Super Bowl. Yeah, it might be. You should definitely leave the NFC then, if that's the case, because the Bucks are definitely repeating as NFC champions. Oh, didn't did it feel really good when you guys beat uh, the Packers this year? It always be feels good. The, that goes back to when they used to share a division. It's always great to see the the Bucks kick the crap out of the Packers, especially if it happens to be in Green Bay, like and they on did the road. on the yeah. road. Because quite frankly, I think uh, my numbers might be wrong, but if you go back, uh, the Buccaneers had w- have won one game in temperatures below freezing in the history of the franchise, and I think it was the second one was this year in the playoffs. So that was awesome. Yeah, I even watched that game, and I'm not even an NFL guy. That was an awesome game. Oh, I finally. Uh, this is going to sound lame. Nobody's going to care about this, but I finally went and got like. Uh, my championship t-shirt ordered a new jersey i i finally decked myself out treated myself to some new bucks gear hey well you just threw away your friggin manchester united jerseys because yeah. the glazier family and you just bought some new swag because of the glazier family so good job yeah but i don't mind what they do in the nfl it's differently uh, yeah it's different respect yeah so actually they're uh if it's to be believed uh they'll be making a huge play for harry kane out of tottenham to try to claim back some fans. I don't think that's going to work. Oh, so we didn't, I don't know if we discussed this, but did you catch the footage of the fans storming the field on uh, before the Liverpool game on? Oh, Sunday? I sure did. Yeah. I was, I was, I was kind of trying to segue into that, but yes, uh, I did see that. And that's just a, uh, that's a brass balls move right there. Yeah, That's yeah. great. I love it. Yeah. That was fantastic. Good for them. You know, and will you be joining that team again? Will you be going back to it? If there's a new ownership group? I'm never going to say never, but I do have a team now. Like, as I said, I just latched on to my dad's historic team and I'll gladly cheer for Everton going forward. So, but like, obviously, like I watched a lot of Man United games, enjoyed a lot of Man United success. So it's hard to just completely turn it off. But no, I will. I have no plans to support that franchise, but good on the fans who got to that <laughs> claimed old Trapford as their own. It's fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> I... You know what? This is this is just my thought on it. I I don't think even the most um, faithful sports fans in North America, no no North. That's not a North American thing. That is a European thing. Where they're like, I don't care what the name says on the stadium about who owns this place or who owns this team. It's our fucking team, and we're wrecking everything because it's a community team. I think all it, I think it came up through the community. That's the difference. These teams in North America are all franchises. They come out, they come from money. These teams were built out of the communities that they're in, right? So, um, you know, they're grassroots, right? So, um, completely different. And you're born into that as a fan, right? And and we're starting to see that now in North American sports in the cities. It's becoming more of a, a religious, you know, uh, realm. If you think about it, you know, people follow their teams and, um, they'll, they'll fight for their teams. They'll riot for their teams, you know, in North America, but in, in the UK, 
it's very evident that they'll storm a field, take over the stadium and say, this is our fucking team. You don't, you don't mess with it. Well, did you ever catch the document, the docu-series, the football factories? No, it's a, it's a, I think it's six parts, but it, it uh, travels around European soccer and they speak to the heads of what they're called the firms. These are the, the groups of fans who agree to fight the other fans <laughs> before and after games. And like they're, they talk about like they're like, they they're interviewing these guys in Czechoslovakia, Russia, uh, Spain, England. And they're like, we are, uh, we're here in this guy's fucking kitchen. And he is calling the head of the firm of this other place. And they're arranging a neutral site to fight. <laughs> and it's like, this is so wild. I love it. <laughs> yeah. The last uh, soccer documentary I watched was Ted Lasso on Apple TV. So I don't think that's a documentary. No, it wasn't. No, but I, it was pretty good. Actually, I, I should really get my dad to jot down some of these stories, but having grown up in Liverpool and supporting the Everton team, as opposed to Liverpool, um, he's got some great stories where they rode the like the team bus, not the team that the players were on, but they'd have fan buses go across, and uh, there'd be there'd be broken windows and things thrown at the bus, and they had like run into the stadium, which was secured by security for the tunnel for you to get into. Security guards running right down the sides. As soon as the game's over, you're back on that bus, and they speed you the hell out of there which is wild. You can never think about that at like in a North American sporting event, unless you're like a Giants fan at a Dodgers game and some assholes cave your head in in front of your children. Did that happen? Yeah, that did happen. They killed a guy in front of his kids. Oh my God. Yeah, it was like five years ago. Who was the guy who threw the baseball and uh, the dad <laughs> fell over? <laughs> Josh. Josh something. The alcoholic. Josh the alcoholic. Yeah. The hell's his name? Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Threw, threw a foul ball to a dad who was just trying to impress his kids and fell over the railing and end of that happy family. I wonder what that kid's doing now. <laughs> well, he might be 12 now. Oh, maybe. Yeah, That was only a few years ago. Yeah, but he, I think he was like six when it happened. Oh, terrible. Terrible stuff. Yeah. Actually, on that note, on that note, actually, if I was Josh Hamilton, I think it's Josh Hamilton. I'd be, I'd be back on the bottle after that game. I'll tell you that much. Oh my God. <laughs> Poor Josh. Yeah. All he was doing is helping that dad out. And yeah, I bet she never threw another ball into the stands again. Yeah. Uh, final quick note. I know we had already passed on our government stuff, but I, I didn't want to miss asking about this because obviously Bill C-10 has caused a stir. Uh, it was briefly brought up in last week's podcast. What do you think of the government going? We just want to be crystal clear that this is not going to impact social media. It better not. But people, people are going to lose their effing minds. So my, qu- just, my question, they're napped, they're napped and pull, throwing this out there. They had, I watched an interview with the, the, the minister on CBC. And like, if you're looking for a softball liberal interview, generally it's the CBC, but the CBC guy was like just throwing it at this dude. And, he was just fumbling over his words and didn't really have a strong, you know, part of me thinks that, yeah, they were trying to slip something in, but uh, people are pretty hypersensitive these days to uh, their rights, freedoms, you know, what's going on with restrictions. Um, You know, I think that would have been a tough one to get through and it will still be a tough one to get through if that's the intention, but I don't think it is anymore. So, so you think they were trying to squeeze that through and I think so. Okay. Oh, I was just curious about that because I... What governments regulated everything else in Canada? Why wouldn't they want to regulate social media? Yeah, fair enough. Commies. Not me, but... <laughs> Not me either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that being said, uh, obviously another lovely evening with those Canadian lads. Brad, do you have any parting thoughts before we save a moose? Yeah, no, it was a fun episode tonight. Uh, looking forward to the next one. Um you know, like I said, uh, the the that was a, a calculated uh, get together rodeo uh, down in southern Alberta. I just want to rehash that. That wasn't a a, a rally of normal folks. That was a uh, a rally from a, a certain political realm in Alberta trying to make get their point across. And uh, I think it failed to um, gain attention 
uh, of regular folks like you and I, I think it just pissed us off. So, um, I'm pissed off anyways. I don't know about you, but, um, that, uh, Tom Wilson, you're suspended. You should be anyway. Um, it sounds like he's hurt or he was pulled out of the game tonight. So we'll see what happens there. Um, really eager to see what's coming down the pike in regards to the Edmonton football team name. Um, every week goes by and there's still nothing. So uh, we'll see what happens on that front. And that being said, Jeff, beautiful, uh, beautiful spring weather in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Uh, if you're listening south of the border, um, you can't come here because borders are closed. But uh, we can tell you it's getting nice and warm. So that's all I got. How about you, buddy? <laughs> well, I don't have anything quite as uplifting as that, but no, uh, yeah, what else could be said about that? I think uh, people are idiots. I think uh, rodeos are stupid. Rodeos aren't stupid. They're fun when they're sanctioned and they're put on by proper people. So on that note, thanks, listener. Uh, thanks for joining us again for episode 25 of Those Canadian Lads and check us out next week. Thanks again for listening to Those Canadian Lads Podcast. Give us a follow on social media. We're on the Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you like what you heard, give us a follow and share it with your friends. Thanks again, and have a great night.